Welcome back. You are tuned in to the Academics Podcast. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett. In this episode, I got to sit down and chat with Kevin Ma, a strategist at BBH. I originally met Kevin here in LA while we were both volunteering at the Ad Color Conference back in August 2019. Kevin was working here in LA at the time out of the Hollywood offices, but he has since moved back to New York and we connected for this interview via Skype. Kevin has a huge personality and is just a really cool guy overall. He gives a great interview and offers some really good insight and advice. Just a little more information on BBH. According to their website, BBH considers themselves black sheep thinkers and makers. They exist to help their clients grow by unleashing their most powerful difference in order to make the biggest difference in their business, brand, and category. BBH works with some of the most innovative makers in the world and are consistently honored with the highest strategic and creative accolades as a result. Their capabilities include brand strategy, identity, creative development across all media, TV, film, and digital production, UX, design and build, digital publishing, social strategy, PR, community management, and CRM. All to create brand frame, brand love, advocacy, social and cultural currency anchored in the digital and e-commerce platforms that create genuine business growth. So there you have it. Sit back, relax, enjoy. This is Kevin Ma from BBH New York. Kevin, thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Um, So can you start with giving the listeners a quick self-introduction? Yeah, totally. Uh, My name is Kevin. I am currently a brand strategist at BBH in the New York office, but originally I'm from Boston and I graduated from Boston College just last year. Okay, well, congrats on that graduation. Um, Yeah, so as a strategist at BBH, can you like explain what you do? Yeah, no, totally. Um, I feel like, I mean, strategy overall is a pretty broad discipline, but at at our core, I like to say that we help brands develop a voice and here at BBH specifically, I help brands find their difference in order to really cut through the market, especially against their competitors. But from like even at like a high level, that basically just means like a lot of research, um, especially in my day to day. I'm using a lot of tools to just really figure out what the landscape is in order to really help answer the questions for my clients. Okay, so you said um, strategy is a broad discipline. I know there are like different types of strategists, like you know, analytical or social media or creative um is there like a specific discipline that you focus on are you kind of flexible with everything yeah absolutely i mean i guess when i was hired my title specifically is brand strategist but i mean here at bbh what i've absolutely loved about is how how small we are and sort of how we all sit together so we have a comm strat department we have a ux design sort of strategy department as well so i mean even though my focus has been brand i've been able to touch a lot of comms so once we develop sort of this big brand or this big idea and the big message we want to get out there i'm also able to really work with the comms team to develop like a roll-up plan on how we're gonna get it through the channels and get it onto either people's laptops phones or tvs or whatever is the most effective way we find it um so i mean what accounts do you work on currently yeah um so i most recently just wrapped up a project out in la for samsung helping launch their new phone that would basically be almost sort of like an apple competitor and then right now i'm working on a pro bono project actually it's called choose women it's a global initiative to help raise the profile of women in all communities all around the world that stems from um i guess an entrepreneur who currently works at the UN, and then 
I also recently wrapped up a project for PBR where they were launching harder seltzer. So it's almost like a white claw, but with way more fucking alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you met, you just mentioned that you worked on um, a Samsung project in LA. Um, I actually met you while you were here in LA when we were at the Ad Color Conference. And now you're back in New York, same company. Right. So the question is, um, you know, you've gotten a chance to work in both LA and in New York. Um, how do those two ad scenes differ? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is a good question. I mean, even when I was at LA, I guess I can only speak more specifically to the BBH office. I didn't have too much exposure to the other agencies, but I will say, I think in LA, there was a heavier emphasis on entertainment. So even the roster of clients sort of fell more towards, it felt like Hollywood clients at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we we even have an entertainment division out in the BBH LA office. So that was really cool. Like we just basically co-produced the film. So on that end, um, I feel like LA geared more towards that aspect if I was way more into like TV shows or even like working with Netflix and stuff like that. Whereas New York, we sort of have a wider net of clients and we can sort of focus more on like either social or wh whatever. We have like a we have Bright House Financial in the New York office, which is like retirement funds. And I feel like if we transported that client out to the LA office, it would seem so odd just because it wouldn't even fit in that landscape. Um, but overall, I mean, I absolutely love both of the scenes and both of the cities. What about like the, the work-life balance? Do you find yourself working more hours in one city than the other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like when I was in LA, I was getting into the office at like 9 or maybe 9.30 a.m., the latest. But I was also able to leave by like 5 p.m., which is cool. And it was still like sunny and bright out. And I got to sort of like see daylight. Um, in New York, I definitely stroll in around like 10, maybe like 10, 15. Um, and then, but I usually stay here until maybe like 6 or 6.30. So it was just a slight shift. I think, I don't know, maybe it's either the commute or people like to do more things in the morning, depending on which city. But BBH overall specifically has been really nice about work-life balance and everyone pretty is respectful of each other's time. Um, so I, I can't tell if it's more of like the city or the agency, but obviously New York does have a, have a worse rep of sort of like working <laughs> as rats and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but I think at the end of the day, it really just depends on what agency you're at. Okay. So I, let's rewind a little bit. Um, go back to college. I know you studied marketing in college. Um, before getting into the industry, did you always know that you wanted to, you know, work for an ad agency? Or did you have, like, other plans in mind? <laughs> yeah, no. So I had no fucking idea what the <laughs> ad industry or what an ad agency even was. I mean... Even as a marketing major at Boston College, our, I, I fell under the business school and still like finance and sort of accounting really led the way at Boston College. Even marketing was like a small sliver. And then within my major, I probably took like one advertising, not even a, an entire course, like my marketing professor spent one day on advertising, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's just, yeah, there's very small exposure, especially on sort of East Coast private schools for advertising. Don't really know why. Um... But basically, I got into advertising mainly because I wanted to move to New York. That was my main goal at the time when I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior at BC, and I was like, I don't give a fuck what job I get. I want to just, I want to just move to New York. 
Um, but luckily, I came across the MAPE program. So MAPE is like the Multicultural Advertising Internship Program, which helps pairs like students with ad agencies. So I applied, luckily, finagled my way into their great fucking program, and they were able to set me up with my first internship at Digitas, where I did media planning. But even that, I, I remember being like, oh, word, like, I'm a media planner, and then, but not knowing what the fuck that even meant. Yeah. Until, like, my first day at Digisauce. I mean, obviously, the learning curve is really, it's steep. I mean, it's quick, but if you have, like, an appetite to learn, obviously, like, I think any discipline in advertising is, like, pretty good with that. Um, but, yeah, no, I didn't really know I wanted to go into advertising, but once I saw how, like, creative and sort of how open-minded it was, I knew I definitely wanted to keep with the track. At what point did you figure out, like, strategies for you? That's a great question. Um, or did you just, like, fall into it? Yeah, no, I'm, so I, I did a summer program. It's called Griffin Farley's Beautiful Minds. Um, it's through BBH, so it's, like, a two-day strategy boot camp that all students, or it doesn't even matter if you're a student, anyone in the industry can apply if they have a sort of interest in strategy, because often strategy is... I think at least pretty difficult to break into. There's not that many roles, especially open for juniors. A lot of strategy roles like like to reserve it for people who have been in the in, in the industry for a while. But um, this two day boot camp, you literally apply. It's open to anyone, and then like you answer a brief, you sort of pitch in front of everyone, you go through workshops, and that like in that two days, I realized that like I definitely wanted to explore this route. Is that an internal program? Um, it's run and led by us. Like it's it's hosted out of the BBH New York office, but any like anyone can apply. You don't have to work at BBH. If anything, like most participants, we only take like three who work from BBH. Um, yeah, it's it's an absolutely great program that we put on every summer around June or July. Yeah. So once I completed that program, which is like such a great resource it, it doesn't even matter what like if you've even worked in advertising before if you know anything or if you know we have like managers who have done the program who are like probably like 35 or something and then you have college students like me who did it when I was like 20 years old or something um, and it's also a great networking opportunity at the, we have like a final gala at the on the last day where we invite all agencies and all recruiters to come because like again we know strategy is like pretty hard to break into at a junior level, but we want to start building up that exposure and start building up those conversations so that when you are, like, actually trying to tackle for that position, you're not sort of, like, dumbfounded or anything like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great initiative, or a great program, um, you know, a great resource for students who are trying to break into the strategy field because, you know, as a, I'm, an, I'm an aspiring strategist and I've, you know, realized how difficult it is to come in at an entry-level position, so... It's, it's yeah. cool that, that that BBH does does that. Yeah, you should. I mean, you should definitely apply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I so I did that program two summers ago, and then this past summer, now that I'm, I actually got my job at BBH through that program. Okay. Um, I got to help like write the brief, and I was a mentor for some of the for some of the participants and everything. So it was sort of like a full circle. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so um, before you got uh, your current role, uh, you you mentioned that um, I know you had like some other jobs and internships. Um, you know, what were what were those experiences like? Yeah, so I had my first ad agency internship at Digitas in New York as well. Um, I was a media planning intern working on HP, so like Hewlett Packard Enterprises, a lot of tech systems and artificial intelligence, like mm -hmm. a 
freaking field that I literally knew absolutely nothing about. Um, but I I fell in love with um, that entire internship program, specifically for Digisauce. They've they've been running internship programs from like at the beginning, from the jump. So it's it's super organized. I mean, each week you get to like have these like talks with different like C-suite execs in the office and other like teams that you get exposure to. And then also you get to like visit other partnerships. We got to like go to Google and go to all these other media agencies. So that that program was like absolutely amazing. And I and I loved my team. My team was very hands-on with teaching me what media planning is. Like it, it's a shit ton of numbers and it was a lot of Excel. So at first I was definitely very overwhelmed because I didn't know what I was signing up for. <laughs> um, but they were really great with just being patient with me and like, that was one of the first times that I realized that like my direct manager can also be like a great friend. And like, that was one of the first times I had like literally built a friendship out of like a working relationship. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty dope. And like work doesn't have to be exclusive from your friendships. And like pe the people you care about can be like literally the people you work right next to. You don't have to keep this like sort of professional guard up all the time. Mm. Um, so I absolutely love that. And then my second, internship with the mate program as well i got placed at droga i was a data strategist um and that was that was one of the most eye-opening internships that i've had um droga is like super fast paced super smart um and i was like even though i was an intern i was operating at almost like a full-time level already just given like the circumstances of my team and sort of people leaving that summer but just being thrown into projects and again playing with so many different data tools that i never thought even existed or like i had the capability to even like work with because i don't consider myself a big numbers guy mm -hmm. um i thought it was absolutely amazing and like the learning curve again for that was super steep but like once you sort of get your hands on things especially at such a creative and like really dope agency like yoga i was just like very thankful by the end of it okay yeah it's interesting that you looked at yoga five um you know just knowing the the caliber of, of the quality of work that they put out um so i'm wondering like what what accounts did you did you touch any accounts um while there yeah, they had really fun accounts too. I was, so we had Chase and Chase has like eight different segments to it because they have so many different cards and then you have like the actual bank. So I worked across all lines of Chase as well as got to touch like the New York Times. And that was, that was great working with the New York Times just because like it is very like activism fueled and it's really intact with what was happening in the politics and in culture at that time so i was able to really like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was really like just get immersed into it yeah so i know like prior to jumping into uh this this field of work you also like did some uh work in the fashion industry um you i believe you interned at uh, tj maxx also yeah and then yeah. you also uh volunteered at the boston fashion week uh, back in 2014. So, um, you know, what's your interest in fashion and is that something that you eventually want to get into or are you looking to work for an advertising agency that has a big fashion client? Like, what's your, what's your connection to that? Yeah, so no, when I did the, when I did the TJ Maxx internship, that was my sophomore year at Boston College. Oh, young and naive. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I was a fashion buying intern. So basically, like, I was shopping for the stores, all the products you see in the stores. I was helping choose them depending on like pricing and sort of models and colors and everything like that. And in my head at that time, like, hell yeah, I thought that was what I was going to do. 
for the rest of my life, like maybe be a buyer at like either TJ Maxx or like move up to like, I don't know, a, a different store, maybe like go into luxury buying through an, another consignment store. Like at that time, I was just like really into clothes. That was just like, I used to shop so fucking much too. Like my closet was embarrassing. Um, but then I just realized like as much as I, I appreciate my, appreciated my internship at TJ Maxx, I just didn't want to do that as a job. And that was when I learned, like, just because I have a really strong interest in something does not mean it always has to be transferred into an actual job that pays me on my day to day. Like, mm. I could be passionate about something and just keep it as a side passion. And so that's when I sort of, I finished that internship, even though I loved it, I just realized, like, that's not the route I wanted to keep going in. So thankfully, by the next summer, I was able to dip my feet into advertising. Interesting. Um, so... Earlier in the interview, you mentioned that uh, you were a MAPE and you, you talked about how great of a program MAPE was. Um, I noticed on your LinkedIn you had the, the title um, MAPER to Watch. Um, can you explain like what that is and just like what that did for your, your career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so MAPER to Watch is like a great honor that they give to alumni of the program, recent alums, so maybe like one to five years out of the program um, who are basically just making like great strides in their industry and their career and I think a big part of it that um, when I was applying and sort of like um, got the honor was that I I came through that Griffin Farley Beautiful Mind program and I was able to like once I was working full-time at BBH um, I got to run that program and made sure that like the incoming classes especially as we keep moving forward with the Griffin Farley Beautiful Minds program that it was like super diverse, super inclusive, and super reflective of how we want the ad industry to move forward as we sort of gear up future leaders. So I think that big commitment has sort of like led me into getting this honor. And I mean, like, I I don't I don't know if it like it's gonna like change my career, but super thankful to be like recognized by a program that once meant so much to me and like. That was this, MAPE was the program that, that, again, like, brought me to New York, and that's where I'm living now. And that was, like, at that time, one of my biggest dreams to just move to New York. So, like, MAPE was, ha like, happy to help me achieve that. And now I'm really happy to continue being, like, a strong advocate for the program as well, such as now, pumping it through you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, for, I mean, for students listening who have never heard of MAPE, um, is this a program that you definitely would um, encourage people to look into? Yeah, no, 100,000 million percent like um the application is like a few essays and this video where you talk about yourself which could be a little intimidating sometimes I mean I remember I hated filming my program but literally for students who do study advertising or for students like me who went to a school where advertising was literally non-existent like I literally didn't even know there were just dis different disciplines within advertising I thought we were going to be all advertising coordinators whatever the fuck that meant in my mind um this program literally can can like jet start you on your career and you can do it one summer and then just realize like maybe advertising not for you but it's still open the door to like so many different people that you meet throughout the program and also I just like came out with lifelong friends I mean my roommates are all MAPE alum actually yeah so I live with four of the girls and like four of us did literally MAPE so clearly just showing that impact of like creating a network of professionals for you, giving an internship that could literally easily transfer into a job, but also like most valuable that I've seen has been like giving me friends that like I literally live and love with right now. Cool. So 
Um, can you let's 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 speed it up back to the current. Um, so like what can you tell me what projects that you're currently working on, like without getting into too much detail? Sign some NDAs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what I've been focusing on the most I can talk about so there's FanDuel, which is like a sports fantasy betting app that we just most recently won. Um we are working to get towards sort of a big brand idea for them. So a lot of it has been actually conducting a lot of interviews with either psychologists or people who work in the sports industry, sports brad sports broadcasters to really understand what being a fan of sports is and getting down to the nitty gritty stuff of that so that we can then further develop a big brand idea for them. And then another big one, which I mentioned earlier was choose women. So it's, if you just think about like a woman's movement, that's going to launch around December, right around, right after the holidays of Thanksgiving. Um, it's a, it's a social first social campaign. That's going to be like really geared towards highlighting a lot of women in our communities that are doing great work who don't often get the spotlight that they deserve. Um, we're gearing up for that because we're launching at a big event next week. Um, at the UN actually. So it has been a tornado making sure that every single nut and bolt is intact for that. <laughs> uh, do you ever get to travel for, for the job, for work? Yeah. So I, so strategists actually don't travel too often. I mean, usually we're very internal facing, making sure like obviously account has the work and I mean, account travels a lot, mm -hmm. but at BBH, I realized that we, strategists like travel pretty often especially as you become more senior as a strategist you sort of start taking on a few account roles as well because you obviously do want to work really closely with your account person and your client as and so when you take on more of those roles you do travel more especially like say if your client is based out in North Carolina or something like you will be going there for either testing or other presentations yeah. um, I was lucky enough to just like go out to LA for about like two and a half months to work out on a project. I mean, I don't think that's, that's too common, especially for strategists, which again is like more internal, but I mean, like that was really dope. <laughs> um, okay. So like, in, in, let, let's say um, for people who are interested in strategy, uh, like myself, like I these questions are going to be a little more specific on, you know, the, the role itself. So um, let's say you get a brief, What's the first thing you do when you get that brief? How do you break it down? Good question. Um, first, I definitely like to print it out and read it in a physical copy because I feel like that helps the words sort of get through your mind a little bit more. Um, I highlight sort of the most important aspects. And then once I read it through about like maybe three times, I sort of turn the page over and I take my own notes and just like try to distill the most important pieces of information and in like a solid two to three bullet points just for myself. Um, and that's how I would probably digest the brief and then probably talk to other. And then I would probably definitely lean into my other strategists to see what they thought was the most important aspects of that brief as well. Yeah. So like when you're doing research, um, you know, are, are things like focus groups um, still relevant? Are those things that you do or, you know, surveys or anything like that while doing research? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we obviously love to get a good balance of qualitative and quantitative data, especially when you're pitching for new business. Um, I've done like one-on-one -on -one user interviews before. I haven't actually done like an entire like lead a whole group yet. Um, other strategists have at my office. But yeah, definitely that like face-to-face -face interaction and sort of like 
conversations with questions geared towards a certain um, direction we think it's going to be or just like casting a wide net those conversations are really good because you never know what's going to come up and then yeah we've definitely used tools that we sort of set up data and then like via Facebook or however way they go out so we can aggregate um, a lot of the numbers and opinions in a very very short amount of time okay what so what what are some like personal qualities that you think a good strategist like needs to possess in order to to you know get the job done yeah um one is i mean one that we always bring up here is just like a strong curiosity i feel like that that's pretty common across all almost all disciplines and all jobs to just always ask why to never sort of take things at face value and always have an interest in probing deeper so like whatever whatever information comes your way, just keep questioning it, breaking it down until it almost sounds like very stupid and very silly. But that's how you can really get to the crux of something interesting at times. Um, Another one is to... I'm I'm actually not even that good at this, but stay up to date with whatever new platforms are always coming out. So like... Obviously, everyone's talking about TikTok. So, like, what what are the implications of TikTok? Like, just downloading it and playing around with it. Not saying you have to become an expert on it, but just know, like, what's the importance of it and how brands can really use it or why this new generation is so in love with whatever is popping up. Um, and then I think a really good skill that I really want to keep developing and that people often overlook for strategists is, like, the ability to, to present your work. So you can have a really dope deck beautifully designed i mean you put a lot of work into like the specific words you have on each slide but the second half of the battle is honestly presenting it especially like to the creatives or to the clients if you can't transfer all the amazing work you did it almost falls to a deaf ear and that's like very unfortunate and very sad because like you just literally laid down all the bones of it you just have to make sure that you can pull it through and sell that through okay um so i mean what, what's an average day like for you uh, at work do you have a routine or is it, you know, different every year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like stroll in late as fuck. Not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, first thing I would come in the morning, um, I subscribe to a few newsletters. So I try to skim through those sort of pinpointing maybe like two articles that I really go deep into and then maybe eventually share to share to my department. Um, but other than that, like, every day looks very different depending on like what the ask has come through or how it has like transformed overnight. Like I'll wake up to like new emails to account being like, just kidding, like totally new direction or totally scrap that. Um, but if I did want to say like there was some consistency, a lot of it, especially at a junior level is doing a lot of either like desk research for my strategy director, so whatever that may be on whatever type of publication, a New York Times, Ag Week, whatever that is, whatever desk research I can do, or a lot of like quantitative research as well. So that's like going into like GWI and Simmons and all these other like Crimson Hexagon, which is social listening. So like playing with the tools to make sure that we have the data to then fuel like another task that's probably going to come through. Got it. Got it. So um, in terms of your current position, um, your current team, you know, how is the team structured? Who do you report to? Are there there people under you? Um, You know, how is it structured? Yeah, um, that is a great question. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I have a strategy 
director and then we have like a head of planning and then on a lateral level there are other brand strategists and other comm strategists um my team sort of flexes depending on what project or what client i'm working on so yeah we have a strategy director but that doesn't mean i'm working directly under her or directly with her because she can be scoped out on an entirely different client so on that level i mean we have levels of expertise and obviously they do come in at different sort of waves and different notions but for the most part like it's mainly i would say it's like me maybe one other comp strat and then i'm working very closely with my account people who are sculpted out on the client okay which is really great i mean i feel like i have a lot of autonomy and a lot of like space to own projects that maybe at other bigger agencies i wouldn't have because there is a stronger structure but at bbh for like relatively smaller and a little more like lateral and fluid and that like I sort of move in and out of different spaces very easily. What what would you say um is your your favorite part about uh your job about being a strategist? Ooh. Um <laughs> I would say my favorite part is I did, I literally just get to like geek out on different subjects and different topics that I never think I would especially on my own time like recently I worked on a pitch for luxury cars and I mean like one I'm I have I do not have the funds to ever own a fucking luxury car <laughs> two I barely use my driver license so just like having to like force myself to get very interested in a subject and sometimes be very intimidating but once you start to get like your head wrapped around it and you start talking to people who act who actually love the subject as well and you start transferring that into concrete work i think that's really cool as a, cool as a strategist because i would never seek out to learn about luxury cars or whatever new topic is going to come out my way on my own interesting that's an interesting perspective i've never um you know heard anyone look at it that way and that, that's dope i mean it, it's it's dope that your position can, you know, make you a smarter person all around. Right, absolutely. I mean, like, even, like, FanDuel, which is, like, sports fantasy. Again, like, I'm not a sports guy whatsoever. Like, I'm definitely more into the realm of, like, fashion and music and art. So sports has always felt like I don't even know what the fuck that world is. Yeah. But having worked on the client and just, like, doing the interviews and doing my own research and sort of, like, nerding out on certain things articles I get sent my way I'm not gonna say I am a sports person now but now I see the interest in it and I now I like I'm like oh this is pretty dope like I would have never learned about this shit <laughs> and in research did you actually like set up an account and and like do some FanDuel fantasy stuff or no yeah I played with it a little bit I was like yo can I expense this like can I get some <laughs> randomly bet on some shit yeah, yeah, yeah I played around with that uh <laughs> spoke to like some psychologists who spoke a lot about the emotional highs and lows of like being a fan because we never think about like what 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 does actually being a fan of say like the Lakers really means and like why do people become fans it's it's honestly such a weird thing like that we come the way we obsess over celebrities you know what I mean like it's it's pretty fucking weird at the end of the day <laughs> yeah definitely um so let, let's go with the reverse of that question you know what what would you what have you found to be like the most difficult part of your job I think the most difficult part is sometimes like simplifying the research or simplifying all this information or data I just aggregated into a very easily and digestible way that other people who like obviously did not do the research can understand it. Um, that's pretty difficult. Or sometimes like you sort of cast this very wide net of what you're learning, but then you have to pinpoint what's most important. And again, like 
I guess that is a little difficult, but that is also the entire role of strategy. So it's something I'm still learning as I go. Got it. So if you weren't a strategist, um, you know, what other job in the industry do you think you would want to do? Yeah, I mean, I actually would like love to explore production. I think going on shoots and sort of like making the creative idea come to life through like different directors, videographers, editors. Um, I think that could be very fun. I just got to go on my first shoot like two weeks ago and just being around like the entire chaos and, so and sort of the mess, but also seeing like things that started out on Google Slides now literally like walk right in front of me. Like that was such a great sort of like full circle moment. Okay. Earlier you mentioned that uh, when you come into work, you check your, your email newsletters. Um, have you picked up like any activities um, or any hobbies like outside of your job um, that kind of help you with your job? Like you said, the newsletter, like what newsletter do you subscribe to? Do you write, do you read books, magazines, podcasts, anything like that? Uh, I don't read. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of subscribe. One of my big ones that I just subscribe, obviously like there's like the whole like ad week and ad age ones that everyone yeah. should subscribe to. Um, I actually subscribe to the newsletters that we have via our tools as well. So like Canvas 8, is a good one that gives trends that I've really been into. Um, and then in terms of reading, I mean, there are a lot of like planning and strategy books out there. I mean, there are like planning books just like right in our library here at BBH. Those are really awesome, but I like to just read. I like to keep reading like physical books just for like personal fun. And oftentimes I know there's probably no direct link to advertising or branding or whatsoever but it's almost like i found like those links are actually the most important ones and then that sort of force you to think outside of this little advertising or even strategy bubble because like if you sort of like stay within the bubble too much you keep thinking like things may seem important and then the second you step out you're like oh shit i just developed this whole campaign but it only was speaking to other strategists and not the actual like real consumers who are walking on these streets yeah um, so, yeah, I really like to actually, like, keep my hobbies and sort of my readings outside of um, my, like, day-to-day. -day. I mean, like, I play volleyball. I play in, like, a gay volleyball league. And that has sort of, like, that has been, been pretty dope. And sort of, like, the different people I've been able to meet, like, and not just be around people who work in advertising or who work in strategy. Because, like, eventually, like, I'm going to, again, like, say luxury cars, like, there could be someone on my volleyball team who fucking owns a luxury car and there could be like a free interview right there. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. So knowing everything that you know, now you've gone through these programs, uh, you've done internships, school. Um, if you could go back in time and offer your college self some advice, you know, what would it be? Um, fucking relax. <laughs> like, um, enjoy, enjoy school solely for the fact that, you get to learn every single day and sort of like switch between courses and not feel like something is always on the line, if that makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, just comp like chill the fuck out because things usually, hopefully, they, they will work out post-grad, even if like the beginning is very shaky. Um, just also, and also trust in your gut. Um, I feel like nowadays there's, there's obviously a lot of power in using logic and thinking, even thinking through data. I mean, I've, I've taken a lot of like data roles, just like obviously numbers and sort of like that logic is very, very forceful and forces us to think a certain way, but also just remembering that like your emotions are just as powerful and like that's also gonna bring you a long way when you start making these tough decisions. Great advice, great advice. Um, so I know, so like advertising is one of those industries where 
you know, if you're not in it, you don't really realize how, you know, complex it is. Um, so I like to, I always like to ask my, my guests, um, you know, how do you explain what you do to your family or, you know, to your parents? Do they, oh. do they get it? <laughs> um, definitely not. I mean, my parents like don't even speak English. So that is like a, that's a personal big barrier that I've dealt with my entire life. But that is an ongoing joke because people often don't know what we do. Um, but I like to just say, like, at least from a strategy perspective, we're the brains behind the idea. Like, the idea behind anything, it starts literally from from the idea, and that's what we help develop. That's super good. Simple. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> nice way to break it down. Yeah, um, take that as you will. <laughs> so what's next for you in your career? Um, as of right now, I mean, I've loved... BBH so far just the opportunities it's given me again like to go to LA touch random projects work on random clients have access to like leadership that gives me so much like wisdom that I can't even imagine um so I'm I'm hoping I'm just going to be sticking around here and hopefully like continue developing my skill sets you know hopefully get a raise a promotion some shit like that down the line um but yeah no I I feel like I want to definitely keep investing time at the agency that I'm at right now Sounds good. Um, so any, any advice for anyone who's listening that, you know, would like to venture into what you do or working for a company like BBH? Um, yeah. So again, definitely like look into programs like the mate program, Griffin Farley's beautiful minds, um, even ad color, the one that we met and volunteered at, um, these programs that definitely help like students who come from diverse backgrounds who often don't have say maybe like the network or sort of the tools or even like the language to land these roles in the in the professional world um definitely lean in on those because you'll be able to really meet some cool people who can give you that uplift that you may need great advice and for those people who will listen to that and are interested in getting in touch with you and maybe um you know learning some more from you uh, what's the best way people can uh, get in touch with you yeah absolutely um I would say email. Email is always the easiest. So it'd just be kevin.ma, which is M-A, at bbh-usa.com. Yeah, um, make sure you have the dash USA in there because BBH is like another like company as well. It's weird. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a bank or something, I think. Yeah, it's like a bank. People are like, oh, shit, you're going to banking? I'm like, no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, uh, thanks again for, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Hey, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. What's up, everybody? Before we go, if you want to hear and learn more about the ad industry, make sure you check out our other episodes in the podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, you can email academicspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to like, leave a review, post it on any and all social channels. You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram at academics, or you can find me personally at Justin D. Barnett. I'm Justin D. Barnett, and you've been listening to the Academics Podcast.